The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Love me some DraftKings. Love me some winners. Not just the winners we give out on the Even Money Podcast, but those of you that step up for RT Media and want to be a winner, whether you spread the word via social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. It's crazy easy to win a signed picture or card or press pass. I got a bunch of press passes from this season left over. All you have to do is engage on any of the social media platforms in any way. Crazy easy, at Ross Tucker Pod at Ross Tucker NFL, sponsor confirmation email winner. Look, I'm going to be telling you about drafting, telling you about Raycon earbuds today. Get some Raycon earbuds. They're amazing. Send me the, forward me the email, ross at rosstucker.com. You'll probably be the sponsor confirmation email winner this week. And you guys know about the YouTube deal. You sign up for youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. It's free to subscribe. I don't even know why they say subscribe. You just subscribing to it and then if you make any comment you got a great chance to get a cameo style shout out from me how about this by the way we'll get into the jj watt stuff in a little bit but i can honestly say that this podcast that many of you have been listening to for years would not have happened if it weren't for today's guest i think some of you know that I don't know how we got a lot of new listeners. I don't know how many of you know that. It's time for my buddy, my mentor, Peter King. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. He is the man. You got to check him out. Uh, first of all, the column every week, and we're going to get into it. It's just so good. I, I mean, Zach Wilson doing DoorDash over the summer, the number two <laughs> overall pick. I mean, all I can picture, Peter is some BYU alum ordering DoorDash like every night and giving Zach Wilson big tips. (laughs) It's unbelievable. So first of all, you got to check out Peter on Twitter, at Peter underscore King. He is, in my opinion, the best pro football writer, has been for a long time. And I'm sure we've told the story before, but I don't care. I'm going to tell it again. 
when I was first – by the way, Peter, I went on Monday. I did a Zoom with a uh, sports communications journalism class at John Carroll University in Cleveland. Wow. The, the professor reached out to me. He's a Princeton grad and said, Peter, he, he, he must have reached out to me 10 times, like over a year. And I was like, I can't during football season. I'm busy. But I finally said, we can do it. Let's go. Let's do it. And the number one piece of advice that I gave those students is when in doubt, do it. And I think I've told the story before when you were on, Peter, and some of the listeners might be like, oh, I've heard that before. I don't care. I'm going to do it every time you come on. It was 2007. It was around the draft. And I was playing for Washington. And I knew it might be my last year. I knew I was on the bubble. And I just, for the first time, thought, I want to write. I, I really enjoy writing. I get a lot out of it. I've always loved it. It sort of comes naturally for me. And I started to get the idea that I would like to write on some level about pro football, either as a current or whenever my career was over. I'm walking out of Redskin Park, which I don't even know what they call it now, but that's literally the name of the building back yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, I'm walking out of Redskin Park. I look over. And in the media room, I see Peter King open the door, take three or four steps to my Denali, three or four steps to my car. And I stop and I say, no, you know what? No, I'm, 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 I'm introducing myself. I'm going to tell this guy my idea. I walk back into the building. I walk in to the media room, which like players never did. Like players don't go into the little side room where all the beat writers are typing away. You just don't do it. And I walked in and I said, hi, Peter. Uh, my name's Ross Tucker. Big fan. I read your stuff. And Peter, of course, was affable as he is. Told him my idea, which is that everybody gets their information from the internet, but there weren't any former players, current players writing. Peter said, you know what? Keep track of everything that happens during training camp. Because I told him I was on the bubble. He said one way or the other, either you make it or you get cut or whatever. Ends up I got hurt, which maybe made the story even better. And Peter King let me write uh, a huge chunk of his Monday morning quarterback back in September of 2007. And I kid you not, I ended up getting job offers within a couple weeks from Comcast for TV, Sirius XM for radio, Sports Illustrated for writing which eventually led to ESPN for writing, which led to ESPN saying, hey, Ross, do you want to host our football podcast? I said, absolutely. Literally, Peter had no idea what a podcast was, none whatsoever. Yeah. I just knew they were going to pay me to talk about football. <laughs> and so now I just turned 42 yesterday, and I've never gotten a real job. I'm in shorts and a long sleeve T-shirt, living my second life dream of being in the media, primarily because of you, like primarily because of you, Peter. And I'm going to tell this story every time you come on, even if I did it the last couple of times you came on. Uh, well, Ross, you know, I remember you talking to me that day and thank you very much for the kind introduction, but I remember talking to you and then talking to you a lot uh, early on. And I remember saying things like, you know, Ross, you know what? We all want to be behind the curtain, but unless we play, we can't be. You've been behind the curtain. You should, and you have to balance it, 
but you should tell people, you know, you should take people behind the curtain. And I think the thing that I really appreciate about your work over the years is that you've done a really good job. I'm sure that there are some sacred cows and things that you would never tell, but you've done a really good job over the years in balancing what you've told with what people uh, I think really need to know to understand what pro football really is like and what it's about. And uh, so look, you know, I'm glad that it's all worked out and not to deflect anything, but Ross, you know what, if you were no good, you know, that would have lasted about 10 minutes. (laughs) You would have, you would have had a nice little, uh, piece, you know, in Monday morning quarterback at the time, or maybe you would have done a little something, but if you were no good, if your information stunk, you know, you'd be working construction right now or something, who knows what you'd be doing, but, uh, you've, you took the ball and ran with it. You know, it's funny because, um, I do a lot of speaking engagements and I bring your name up every time, Peter, because, my number one thing, and I, by the way, I did this at a high school uh, commencement speech, and the parents looked at me like I was nuts because I said my number one piece of advice was when in doubt, do it. And the parents are looking at me like all their kids are about to go to college, and I say <laughs> when in doubt, do it. But, but I will say this. like I look at all of the things in my life, and there was usually like, I don't know if I feel like going to Bucknell this weekend or not. Well, I went, I met my wife, you know, or I don't, I, I, I am one of the rare people, Peter, that distinctly made a decision whether or not to pursue pro football or not. Like more, like any of these guys, Alabama or whatever, they're just, they just know they're going to do that. I knew I was so low as a prospect and that the chances were less than 50%. I would even get a shot. I had already accepted a job with Lehman Brothers on Wall Street. And I knew second semester of senior year would be like one of the most special times in my life in college. I sat down with my parents. I, like I, I had a, like a legitimate discussion. Am I going to pursue this or not? And so the, the lesson I say about you is like, you know what stories I have when I didn't do something? Nothing. I've got nothing. You don't have this. Like things don't happen unless yeah. you say yes. You know, it's funny, by the way, Peter, that you referenced um, – taking people behind the curtain about pro football. You have done that better than anybody else by far over the last 30 years. Uh, Even though you didn't play, even though you weren't a coach, you take people behind the curtain. I mean, literally, Peter, on Monday of this week, I'm reading your column, and I think this is what prompted me to reach out to you. And I am picturing Zach Wilson driving from Provo, Utah, to Orange County, California, 10 hours. And it kind of goes back to me walking back in the Redskin Park building. Just like, I love that story. And it says a lot to me about Zach Wilson that he was willing to put that time in and do those 10 hours. And I also say, I think it says a lot about him that he worked for DoorDash. I mean, I know it's not that big a deal, but... I feel like there would be a lot of major college quarterbacks that would think that they are above that, think that they don't need to do something like that. 
and really frankly think I don't need to be driving 10 hours to have some I start for BYU I don't need to drive he, Zach Wilson wasn't above either one of those things yeah and that's honestly I don't know anything about the kid other than he kind of looks like Jimmy Clausen to me a little bit when he's got the mm-hmm. headband thing and everybody says he's great and I've seen some of his throws but you took me like I feel like I know a lot more about Zach Wilson now yeah well thank you um, the interesting thing about Zach, I think, is that, you know, this was, as he said, look, I was a three-star recruit. Said I, he was either, <clears throat> he was probably going to go to Boise State <clears throat> coming out of high school and, you know, in his home state in, in, in Utah. Um, the University of Utah had no interest in him, never recruited him, even though his family had season tickets on the 50 and his dad was a big linebacker for Utah in the nineties. They, they had no interest in him. And Ross, I'll tell you what's really interesting is Brigham Young had no interest in him until they fired Ty Detmer as offensive coordinator. When in November of Zach Wilson's senior year in high school, Ty Detmer got a commitment from his nephew, who was a high school quarterback at the time. And at the end of that season, the head coach fired Ty Detmer. That, the, the quarterback decommitted, and all of a sudden they needed a quarterback. And that's the only reason why they went after Zach Wilson. But, you know, you talk about the other aspect of it. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that from the time he was – a freshman, sophomore, junior in high school, he didn't have a lot of love. He didn't have people falling all over themselves to go sign him. And at the end of his senior year, now he had a lot of interest because he was getting a bunch of offers. But it wasn't until then. And then he goes to college, plays well his freshman year. His sophomore year, he, he stinks. He's got a couple of injuries and he's not very good. And they tell him at the end of that year, you got to fight for your job back. We're opening up three-man competition in camp this year. And that's when he said, okay, all right, now I got to get serious. And that's when he pulled out every stop, you know, to try to make sure that he – he wasn't thinking about the draft. He just wanted to win his job back. And so he just – he did everything humanly possible to win his job back. And – you know, I think you're right, Ross. I think a lot of guys wouldn't have done that. But I would bet you that I don't pick a guy, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. I, and I know nothing about their paths or very little. But if if after their second year in college, if their head coach came to him and said, by the way, you are not guaranteed starting next year. You may not start next year their approach to their third year in college and maybe their last year in college would have been a lot different, I believe, because they would have seen the writing on the wall. This is the most important year of my life. What do I do? And he responded. It's funny that you talk about his recruiting story because Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were one and two in their class going back to 10th grade. I mean, I, I knew about these kids in 10th grade. Yeah. Zach Wilson wasn't even on the stratosphere. It's kind of funny. Speaking of quarterbacks, I got to ask you, just because I know you've talked with them over the years, and I know you're, you're, you're very familiar with your organization. What, 
what is going on with Russell Wilson and Seattle? What What is happening there right now? Russ, I think it's a combination of 2020. Life is different with big stars. <clears throat> and the NBA has shown it time and again. James Harden didn't want to play for Houston anymore. He made an ass of himself and he got traded. Now, who knows what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. But I think probably at the end of the day, I think I probably think that Deshaun Watson is right, that or, or that he's going to stick to his guns and, and not play in Houston. But we'll see. With Russell Wilson, I think there's a few things at play. The Athletic did a really good story last week in which they talked about last year Russell Wilson storming out of a meeting with his coaches when they wouldn't listen to his suggestions for how to revive the offense. Um, that continually angered Russell Wilson, that he didn't feel like he was listened to. And then, <clears throat> really, the icing on the cake, Ross, was sitting there at the Super Bowl and watching Tom Brady parachuting into Tampa. And Russell Wilson heard the stories all year. Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians were letting Tom Brady say, this is what I want to run. Let's do this. And so they did it. And I think Russell Wilson thinks, why can't I do that? Why, why don't the Seahawks listen to me the same way that the Bucks listen to uh, Tom Brady? And I know it's different. I know it's different. But Russell Wilson is so far the other way. He feels that there's like zero listening to him. Um, hey, Chuck, Chuck, don't fart. I'm on a podcast. Chuck, uh, you want to see Chuck? I didn't even hear him, by the way. Chuck, Chuck, say hi to Ross. Hi, Chuck. See, this is why people need to check out youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Peter King's dog, Chuck. (laughs) But I, I think at the end of the day that if you saw Russell Wilson, and again, look, I have not talked to him, Ross, so I can't say this for sure. Russell Wilson looked miserable at the Super Bowl. Miserable. And I'm trying not to read too much into that. But I think he's saying, why can't Tom Brady's 43? He just walked into, parachuted into Tampa. He wins a Super Bowl. Why can't I do that? What's, you know? And so I think there's some Brady envy in Russell Wilson. And there's also the feeling that my organization is stuck in the past. And I want to. I want to be listened to, and it's. I, I don't think he's going to be traded, Ross, but that doesn't mean he's happy. You know, it's interesting because it feels like the Patriots' decision to essentially move on from Brady. I think the Patriots know what they did. It, it it's really changed the whole league because Aaron Rodgers sees that the Bucks bring in these guys, but his Packers didn't. He loses to them. Russell Wilson sees that. Meanwhile, on the team side, the Rams see that, hey, bringing in a better quarterback like Brady is what you needed to do to win the Super Bowl. I mean, both on the team side and the quarterback side, it feels like Brady being available. A lot of people didn't want him. He goes to Tampa. They win the Super Bowl. It feels like almost. I don't know if it's the 2020 NBA thing or if it's just yeah. the Brady effect that he's having on the NFL this offseason. 
It's an excellent point, Ross. Um, you know, there, there has been one very good book written uh, by Jeff Benedict called The Dynasty. Seth Wickersham is doing one now. Um, and uh, that's, that's going to be out in October. But there's, there's going to be a lot of books and a lot of things written over the next few years about the Brady Patriots divorce. And I think mostly you're right. But uh, Robert Kraft didn't want to let Brady go at, at all. Um, I think Bill Belichick thought, you know, we got to move on at some point. And, you know, that was going to be a good time to move on last year. And time will tell if he's right. Uh, but the other part of it is, Ross, I, and I said this at the time, but if you're Tom Brady and you've won six Super Bowls and you would like to play somewhere else, you know, you don't hate Bill Belichick. You don't. You really don't. It, you know, anybody who has been together with somebody for 20 years is going to have some feelings that aren't all wine and roses. You know, you are going to be unhappy with, uh, you know, with somebody to a certain degree. But I can just tell you that, you know, whatever, six years after he retires and whenever Belichick goes in, you know, Brady will be in the front row at the Hall of Fame uh, induction for Bill Belichick and hug him and thank him for everything. And Belichick will do the exact same thing to Brady. But I do think it's a little bit unnatural to think that in the sport of football that you can have, I mean, it's, it's crazy that they've spent 20 years together. And it's even crazier to think that both sides would just want to do it forever. Last question, Peter. Uh, you had a lot of information about the 17-game schedule. So, so what I love about your column is that, number one, you've got the detail of Zach Wilson and DoorDash. By the way, how much free publicity is DoorDash? This is unbelievable. Between your column and this podcast, DoorDash, call me. Um, and, but also, you had a lot of information on proposed 17-game schedule, playoff schedule. What's the most interesting aspect of it? Because you had several nuggets, but what yeah. do you think my listeners that didn't read your column that should have the biggest thing that you thought was really interesting about the 17-game schedule this year? Three topics, three sentences, and you can pick out whatever you want. Number one, <clears throat> the fact that I think there's a better than 50-50 chance that one of the six wild card games will be on will be a Monday night football game. And that team that wins that game will automatically play the following Sunday. Um, that's one thing. I think the second thing that really interests me is that rather than do the extra bye week and make it a, make it a uh, a 19 week season regular season they're not going to do an extra bye and they will almost certainly do an 18 week season which will then push the super bowl back one week and then just the way the schedule falls with the new game the 17th game for every team automatically it created the best game on the schedule in 2021, which is green Bay playing Kansas city, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers meeting uh, for the first time ever. 
those are the three things that if indeed they do go to 17 weeks, and I called it highly likely, it's not certain, but I think it's highly likely. Those are the things that jumped out to me. Please follow this man on social media at Peter underscore King so you can read his Football Morning in America column every Monday. Thank you, Peter, for everything, always. All right, Ross, all the best to you. Thanks a lot. Man, Peter King. You know, there aren't very many people in life that you can say he changed my life, but I can say that about Peter King, and I'm happy to say it every time he comes on. I'm also happy to tell you guys Raycon wireless earbuds, by far the best earbuds I've ever had. But don't just take me away from it, right? I bought a pair for my wife. She loves them. She has them in when I want to go to bed early and she's watching uh, something from Netflix or whatever on her phone. My Go Big recruiting employees wear them when they're making calls to families and college coaches. Brian always has his. No dangling wires or stems. Built to perform anywhere, anytime. Sweat resistance, nice. You can make calls while you're working out. Plus, they're offering 15% off all their products for my listeners. And here's what you got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash Tucker. That's it. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. So feel free to grab a pair and a spare. Love that. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Tucker. Buyraycon.com slash Tucker. Tuck's Takes. Morning, Ross. Well, let's talk about the big news since Monday, and it's J.J. Watt signing a two-year, $31 million deal, 23 of it guaranteed from the Arizona Cardinals. What's uh, your initial reaction? So I, I think pretty clearly J.J. went where he got the most money. And I have no problem with that whatsoever. Look, there's other factors. I think he said on a conference call or something that the weather's really nice out there. He obviously had some familiarity with DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they're not a bad team. They're not far away from being a good team. So it's not like he went to some terrible team. But the point I would make is that, and this is something, the type of math stuff we would talk about on the Even Money podcast. For everyone that wants players like J.J. Watt to, quote unquote, chase a ring, where did you want him to go? Green Bay, where they've been no, where where Aaron Rodgers has been no one Super Bowl in his entire career, or Buffalo, which hasn't been to a Super Bowl since the mid '90s, or Cleveland, which has never been to a Super Bowl. The point is, is the odds that you are going to pick the one out of the thirty-two teams that's going to to go to the Super Bowl and win it, really small, really small. And do those three teams I mentioned have a better chance than the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, probably, but the Cardinals have some chance. Like They'll they'll be in the mix in some way, shape, or form. And I think J.J. Watt is smart enough to know that ring chasing is sort of a fool's errand if you really understand the odds and the math. The other thing I'll say about this, I think 
Cliff Kingsbury, year three. Steve Keim, the Cardinals GM. I think this is maybe the third coach, third or fourth coach he's hired in Arizona. I think that those guys know that this is probably a make or break year for them. Because if the Cardinals don't make the playoffs, they'll probably move on from Cliff Kingsbury. If they move on from Cliff Kingsbury, that's probably it for Steve Keim. And so it makes sense that the Cardinals were willing to spend the most money. That's how it works. Tux takes. Other news includes the Washington football team parting ways with quarterback Alex Smith. The Vikings are releasing Kyle Rudolph after 10 seasons in Minnesota. And the Dolphins cutting linebacker Kyle Van Noy one year into a four-year, $51 million contract. So... Alex Smith, I'm not that surprised there. I think Washington feels like they got to turn the page. I think he was scheduled to make $19 million or something. They weren't going to pay him that, obviously. And I just don't, I think they want to try to find the long-term answer and don't believe that it's Alex uh, for obvious reasons. Kudos to Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings for how they handled it. I mean, they've handled that situation with incredible class. I've seen the tweets from the Vikings organization, the comments from Zimmer and Spielman, uh, how Rudolph has handled it. That is how you do it. That is how it's done. It's not personal. It's business. They all agree it's in the best interest to move on. Uh, Kyle is an awesome guy. I have enjoyed every conversation I've ever had with him. He is how you draw it up. You draft a guy like him in the second round. They become a pillar on the field and off in your community for 10 years. That is... That is the blueprint right there. As for the Dolphins cutting Van Noy, that's a weird one to me. Van Noy played well last year. I think they believe instead of paying him $15 million or whatever he'd make this year, that they can probably get comparable play from someone for less because the cap is going down and more guys like Kyle Van Noy are going to be hit in the market and cut and then get somebody for cheaper. You know, when he signed that deal, it was four years, $51 million, $30 million guaranteed. He got one year, $15 million. The $30 million was an injury guarantee. And he didn't qualify for the injury guarantee. So he gets $15 million for one year. And I don't think anybody should feel bad for him. The Dolphins are executing their right to terminate the contract. Kyle knew that was a possibility when he signed it. My point is, people get so up in arms when a player who's under contract holds out for a day, a mini camp, a training camp, yet nobody ever gets up in arms when a team terminates a contract one year into a four-year deal. So keep that same energy, right? Like just understand, don't feel bad for, I'm not saying feel bad for Kyle Van Noy. I'm just saying don't feel bad for the teams when the players hold out. Uh, and I, look, by the way, um, you know, on the injury guarantee part of it. The thing that's crazy about this is Van Noy mentioned that he had a hip injury all year, had to stay overnight in a hospital one night. The thing I will tell you is that you don't really get credit for playing through an injury. You know, I played through a herniated disc in my back for Buffalo in 04. And yeah, they appreciated it at the time. But when I had to have surgery later and I came back, and I got banged up a little bit in camp, they cut me. So for my career, I probably would have been better off stopping during the 04 season and having that surgery right away 
so I was fully healthy for the next training camp. But I didn't do that, and it probably hurt my career. So something to keep in mind. Ducks takes. Houston Texans restructured a deal with running back David Johnson. One year, $6 million. 4.25 of it is fully guaranteed. Well, he had like over $2 million guaranteed anyway on a set on a, a deal to pay him $7 million this year. I don't know that I would have done this if I were David Johnson. Are they, were they really going to cut you and just eat the $2.1 million? By the way, if they did, then you could go somewhere else. So, I, I mean, obviously his agent, I'm sure, took the temperature of other teams and thought this is his best deal, stay in Houston. Although with a new coach and a new GM, I don't know that that would have been what I would have. I would have been like, hey, pay me my $7 million, like I'm scheduled, or cut me and I get the two, over $2 million guaranteed. Uh, last thing, we'll probably do the next football feedback YouTube exclusive show Probably early next week. We've got several people that are good candidates. I'm looking for one or two more. So please subscribe to youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and make any comment and I'll reply to you and then we'll get another football feedback in so we can get to some more of your email questions because I keep going long-winded with these guests. It's 32 minutes already. We try to keep the podcast to about 30 minutes. I try to give you guys 30 minutes every day of football content that you can count on. So maybe we'll get to an email with Greg tomorrow. There's usually not as much news on a Thursday because we just did this here on a Wednesday. Shout-outs, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X. They are, I think, we're done here, members of patreon.com slash RT media and shout out to Alan Keller, the latest patron, Alan Keller. Love it, Alan. And thank you to all the tuck heads for wishing me a happy birthday over on our private Slack channel for the patrons. Much appreciated to all of you guys. Maybe we'll get a, a happy hour soon here as well. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker football podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.